when I just said that my podcast has 5,000 listeners per episode, a little smile sparked and I'm energized from literally saying those words out loud. Welcome back to Process the Podcast. I'm Arielle Thomas, your host, promotion director and social strategist. This episode is a petite, it's about time I did one of these, and we're going to touch on mindset and my favorite mindset book and some key things that I took away from it and influencing how I do business today, how I sort of discipline myself in my personal and professional life and how I use these things to approach hurdles. I'm not going to lie, guys, I am exhausted. I am emotionally drained. Maybe too much information here, but I am no longer in the relationship that I was in sort of at the start of the year that I've talked about on a couple of episodes. I'm working on growth for Cinematom with a really clear direction. I've signed contracts for the new financial year with retainers and clients and like big deals that I'm really, really proud of myself for developing. I'm slowly basically developing a TikTok agency, which seems that all the work that I've been doing for Kmart has kind of presented real opportunities to scale. And alongside the podcast and my own directing career and the content production company that is Cinematom, I am really, really leaning in to growth, but I'm doing it in a very like manageable, achievable, sensible way. I... I'm not necessarily really stoked with my like money habits and my money mindset and everything. So I'll get into that a bit later, but I'm going more slow and steady and I'm just still working with contractors and I'm sort of positioning myself slowly, slowly to take on maybe one more client every two months or something to add them into this retainer world to brace myself. Molly, my assistant, is away until maybe another week or so. Fuck, when she gets back, my life will become so much easier. I didn't realise how much I needed her and how indisposable she has made herself to me. Love you, Molly, if you're listening. But it's just been a whirlwind, but it's been a great one. So, Another update, one of the great meetings that I took in Sydney in May during um, Fashion Week has come into fruition with a production company called Made In. So Zoe Davidson, who was on the podcast recently, and her business partner, Ben Jay, have invited me to direct a music video with them, who I won't say who it is in case anything goes awry, but it's very exciting. It's with an Australian pop star. The concept is great. I got given the stimulus of just basically like her alone and concrete like cement, like sparse kind of wide open space, go for it. And I created this concept and she's a big deal. I'm really grateful and I'm honored that they're trusting me with this. I have a fantastic crew around me and this is a, a it's a basically like a career move and an, an intro to our working relationship between myself and Benjay with Made In um, Partners Behind Benjay. So I'm really excited for that. That is tomorrow morning. It's now a Saturday night at 7.31 p.m. I have Uber Eats dinner on the way and I'm working this hard now because I have committed to being uncomfortable for the next year or so in how hard I work. I'm not in a serious relationship. I have a couple of years before I start to think about motherhood and I'm ready to bite off as much as I can and chew like hell so I can be uncomfortable now and see myself comfortable later. So that's my headspace in case you're wondering why, <laughs> why I'm in the office at this hour. 
I've moved into a new space. I don't really want to say where because the big bad world is a little bit creepy when I put out there where I'm working every day and I'm still deciding kind of how to talk about that. But I do hop around the Commons um, workspace group a lot and I've moved into a new one and recording on a Saturday night, no one's here and it's honestly fantastic. I'm loving it. So one of my last petite episodes was all about decluttering, which I think was May, a May 2023 episode and the actions of a huge declutter. I talked about like a mental and a physical declutter. They're really still ringing true. I did tasks and I did chores and things that are now paying off and they've given me much further clarity. I'm bringing it up now because it's the second half of the year and I wanted to update you guys. The second half of the year with focusing for me is going to be on foundations of income and security. I launched a new website at the start of this year. I've got loads more work on my plate. I'm Basically, I'm earning, I'm spending, I'm learning, all of that, and I'm optimizing my life. But it's a really big one for me. I want to be really, really well educated and I want to know what I'm in for every step of the way. I adore, for example, like the girls over their Kiwis, they have this podcast called The Curve. If you haven't listened to it, they're really good. They talk about money in a really like friendly banter way. One was a content creator and one was, I think, like a stockbroker or something like that. Anyway, heavily involved in finance and Basically, one knows nothing about money and one knows everything about money. And most of the episodes are basically like, teach me everything, I know nothing. And it's an incredibly authentic way to teach people about the foundations of wealth. And I think when you don't come from generational wealth, but you aspire to be really comfortable in life, education is so important. And I don't necessarily agree with a lot of the stuff that's out there for women in money. I want to be looking up to some really big movers and shakers in the finance game and like who knows, your girl might even be buying some shares. I don't know. (laughs) But that's part two and I don't know if I necessarily want to introduce that on the podcast but I would love for you guys to just be aware that that's where my focus is, that I'm in growth, stability, full-on like stable future foundational mindset and If anyone else is like going through this or wants to go through it with me, please let me know. I can't fucking wait to talk about it. But it's new to me to be this serious and this full on and this focused. I'm really focused on it and I'm really excited. So let's get on to some mindset things. I usually actually live my life by three key things. Like I assess these things on a day-to-day basis, somewhere to live, someone or something to love and something to look forward to. So somewhere to live, something or someone to love and something to look forward to. So this means at all times, for example, we'll start with the first one, somewhere to live, that I know where I'm going to sleep at night in the future. And it seems silly if you're like, oh, well, that's a little bit like rough, like how unspontaneous of you. But like if you're in between leases, you have options to relocate or I've got floating ideas of moving to London. That's not true. But if I did or not really knowing what my next like geographical steps are, it may even be not loving where I'm living. That sort of angst causes me great distress. I really like to know where I'm living, what I'm doing and where I put my head at night and knowing that I can service that amount of money, that I'm comfortable, that all my things are okay and that I can function. It's something that I personally really, really need. I love my current apartment and I'm thriving in my alone time because I love it so much. Like I'm really happy. So that's number one for me. 
something or someone to love basically means that I am a people pleaser and also I grew up in hospitality and around customer service. I very naturally cater to other people's needs before my own and I usually need to focus that and make an actual intellectual decision on what I'm giving my energy to if it's or who. So in the past it's usually been a man (laughs) or my dog or I'm loving my whatever, I don't know what it would be, but usually I need to make an intellectualized decision of what what and where I'm channeling my love and care and nurturing energy because there's a lot of it into, whether it, it could even be a community or a project or whatever, but I need to know where it's going and admit it to myself that that's where I'm choosing to put it. So it's currently been interesting for me because I had to make a choice to no longer give it to the man that I was dating. And that was really hard because I poured so much into that. And then I basically had to switch off, like turn off the tap because he no longer deserved it. And that's really difficult when you invest a lot of time into somebody and you have all these kind of hopes of what something's going to be. I mean, it's a fucking breakup. You guys know how that goes, but it means that I had to stop the momentum of what I was giving to. And I'm working on currently giving it to myself and my dog. I'm nurturing. It's myself. It's winter. It's cozy. I'm in like a real looking after me phase right now. And choosing that and making sure that me, myself and I, like my subconscious, my emotional, my intellectual, every every part of my being knows that we're in nurturing me mode is really important. It's wild how much energy we can give to something or someone around us without actually acknowledging it and choosing it. So basically what I'm trying to say is one of my key things is that I know at all times that I'm choosing to give the love and the nurture where it goes and I'm not getting wrapped up in this toxicity of, I guess, still caring about things that no longer serve me or not being aware of how much thought I give something, that kind of thing. So that's part two. And part three is always having something to look forward to. And I didn't have anything in the calendar recently to look forward to and it was a real cause of stress. I just felt like I was on the treadmill that is life. We all do. We're all so exhausted. If Honestly, if you're feeling exhausted, you are not the only one. It is fucking wild out there. But until now, I didn't have something necessarily to a time in mind as I'm working really hard where I can put my feet up and know that that's coming. I broke down a couple of days ago to a friend and just bawled my eyes out about about how tired I am of just trying and working and giving and giving and giving. And I know that it's coming. The return is definitely going to come back for me, but I was just fucking tired. I still am. But um, knowing that I get to rest and recuperate is really exciting and I've put a date on that and I think to the psyche of modern day work and creativity having that something in the calendar is so important like it's oh my god it's so important a lot of people like that have just come back from a holiday for example or finished something that they were really looking forward to and were working towards for a long time like say for example you were going on a destination trip and you had a wedding to attend like you and your partner and your friends and everything talk about that all day, every day, you think about it, you're planning, you're saving for it, all of that for months. And then it happens. And then after it, 
you can feel so deflated because it can really feel like anticlimactic because you've given so much energy to something and then all of a sudden it's over. Like where do you channel it? And it, like your optimism kind of comes to a pause because it you don't have that thing in front of you anymore. And I literally put that down to no longer having anything to look forward to because in a day in, day out sense, it gives us purpose and like reprieve from all the hard work. Since uh, about yesterday, I really made the decision and put in some dates in my calendar for the second week in August to go away for seven days or eight days or something. I'm looking at Byron Bay, but now that that is mapped out and I've got clients and stuff onboarding and I now like kind of I'm working fully around that trip and how to make sure that I take that for myself, I'm already smiling. Like my energy is lifted because it's fucking cold in Melbourne PS. Like it's so cold right now and it's pretty depressing. Everyone's in Europe, but I get to go to the sunshine soon. And it's really an indication that when you're low, things will start to look up if you put something in the diary for you to look forward to. Even if you start to really channel like this weekend, I'm going to get my nails done or I'm getting my hair colored soon or at my brother's birthday, I'm going to do and wear and feel this or I'm going to do a spray tan tonight or literally tiny, tiny things. It's really important. And sometimes when we're like habit driven or we're just working and we're bored, you really need a little bit of a reframe. But there are some other things as well that I've added onto my tool belt and the majority come from a book that I read in 2018. It's pretty retro. It's called Mind Power into the 21st Century. Mate, we're already in the 21st century. What are you talking about? There is no new edition of this, but I kind of love that there isn't because it means that the messaging is as old as time and it really stands up. So everything absolutely rings true. It's a book by a guy called John Keogh. And if you know me well enough, please DM me. You're welcome to borrow it off me because it is, I mean, it's not hard to get, but like it's not going to, I don't think it would be a usual bookstore. You're probably going to have like a two-week wait on Booktopia, but I cannot recommend this book enough. I've put it in the show notes for you. So basically it's all about mindset. And I think we're inundated with mindset stuff day to day anyway, from like TikTok and Instagram and all that. But the way that this book is written, it's not from that era. So it's not about social media. It's about us as humans at its core. And it doesn't even acknowledge how much we really consume it. And and I can appreciate that it's speaking to us more so at a core level than on a surface level with surface examples. It really just speaks true to humans in general and us as a species, which I appreciate. So the first insight is that your thoughts are essentially the seeds from which your life grows. And that your mindset is everything. Agreed. I think that it's a little bit underrated how what we think becomes our reality. And he ends the book basically saying that to change your external circumstances, you have to change the internal thinking and it all kind of come and then, and then the whole thing gets broken down. But it's really apparent if your negative self-talk to yourself and that is a habit of yours, mindset and and propelling yourself into your new reality and, and what you want to achieve, it all literally starts with mindset. And this book breaks that down. Another point in this kind of insight that I loved was bookmarking all of your achievements and not just letting them pass you by, but really, really celebrating them. And 
thinking to myself recently, I got like something that comes to mind for me. I was using Acast as my podcast, like listener, whatever. And it gave me a figure of listeners for you guys that was quite low. And it didn't make me sad. I wasn't disappointed. I was just sort of a little bit deterred from the real success and impact that this is having. And I just was a little bit bummed, I guess you could say. But then I spent the money and I downloaded a new software and like became a membership subscriber of this new software that gives me much, much further detail into my analytics. And Acast was completely wrong and it quadrupled my numbers. And the reality is that there's like 2,000 plus of you guys every episode. And that is a huge achievement. And I don't necessarily think that I pat myself on the back enough for that and how process kind of has its own like mini community going. I also like going through this recent transition of like dating this guy that I was dating, I'm coming out on the other side of that and I think I've handled myself really, really well. And acknowledging that and being self-aware enough to appreciate my approach and my candor and how I held myself is something to celebrate. And even little things like shooting this music video tomorrow morning and having an incredible crew around me is something to celebrate. So where this kind of goes is that articulating what you've done in the past and being proud of yourself makes you feel like you can do hard things. If you told me two weeks ago, the day before Ben J pitched this to me, that I was doing a music video for this celebrity, I would have been like, whoa, okay, like, mm, sure, let's do it. And I would have been a little bit skeptical and probably, I guess, felt like an imposter because music videos aren't my forte, but I'm very excited, very well equipped, very prepared and extremely excited to start the day tomorrow at 5am with my crew and being a director, they're my crew. That's massive. So when you go to tackle things or when you start things off, I think the key point here is that look how far you fucking come and don't just like fleetingly be like, oh, remember that time I did that? No, like actually recall it. Talk yourself through your achievements. They're bookmarked and you can articulate, even like say them out loud. And it will give you a sense of pride of how you have come far enough already that, of course, you can set new dreams, new goals, achieve new dreams and workshop your way towards the next chapter to think really big. Because if you don't dream big, no one else is going to dream big for you. You've kind of got to do that work yourself. But it's so important and something that I'm really remembering to do a lot recently as I sort of map out this TikTok agency and stuff like the value and the service of that, I have to remind myself like I have done X results, achieved X results for one of Australia's most well-known brands. Like the, it's one of the biggest brands in Australia. It's an $8 billion business and I have a huge hand in their social strategy and their organic presence on TikTok. Myself in Atlanta and Mandy, who recently has moved over to another part of the business, formulated that. And my role in that platform is instrumental, huge, and really, really important to the business. And when I think about, oh, well, why would I start a TikTok agency? Like, why would other brands even want that from me? 
what do you mean? Like if I flip my thinking, I'm technically one of the most in-demand social strategists and social production kind of people that there is because of the status of my client. So when I flip that on its head, fuck yeah, let's start a TikTok agency. So there's loads of thinking going on that is not negative but pessimistic and sort of ill of confidence that can be turned around really quickly if you just reframe a little couple little things. So bookmarking your achievements and saying them to yourself is huge. Another piece of this is articulating desired outcomes like you've already achieved them. This one is kind of like a little bit wanky because you can imagine yourself kind of sitting there being like, I have a podcast that has 5,000 listeners. But if I took away my kind of goose mentality there and I was like, nah, Ariel, like actually do the exercise. I have a podcast that has 5,000 listeners per episode. My podcast has 5,000 like listeners per episode. Yeah, my podcast has 5,000 listeners per episode. It's pretty good. The way that our mind will work, it will stimulate us and recall energy from a previous achievement. So we've just spent some time basically going through what your achievements are to help you to kind of remind yourself of what you've already achieved so that you have that feeling ready to go that you can achieve things, you've done great things, you are capable of a lot and basically that niggling thought of anything that you don't think you can achieve can fuck off. So it's kind of in the same vein, I guess, if you are to articulate your goals and your desired outcomes as if you've already achieved them because psychologically it will recall the same energy that you have from the thrill of you actually achieving them and therefore kind of propel you to achieve them. So I'm not lying when I say, when I just said that my podcast has 5,000 listeners per episode, a little smile sparked and I'm energized from literally saying those words out loud. So if you're listening to this and you actually want to get quite tangible and you're like, no, no, let's not fuck around. (laughs) I would love for you to pause this episode right now and write down like a kind of crazy dream, like or a goal or not crazy, but like kind of achievable. Like I just started a YouTube channel. I would love a hundred subscribers by the next like month or so. So I'm going to do one with you now. Write one down. Mine is I would love. No, no, no. We're not past tense. We're, we're current tense. Sorry, I got distracted. I looked at the calendar so that I could articulate this properly. I have a hundred subscribers on my YouTube channel. That's not that hard. So let's just fucking get to it, guys. Basically, it's got like little bits in this book. I Maybe I didn't articulate that very well, but there's things that surge energy that we can kind of hack and I highly recommend doing them. It also in this chapter of insights mentions affirmations, a lot of them. And affirmations are not a new woo-woo way of going about them. I think I don't, this book was written 30 years ago, and it is Affirmation City. So affirmations are really strong, they're positive, and they work. So that's something else that I took from this book. I sort of thought affirmations were just a little bit of Instagram fluffy, kind of like, I am worthy kind of thing. And like, cool, yeah, we know, like, I am cool, but like, lol, try to get the little devil out of my head and remind her of that. But they actually work if we do it right and we have the right mindset and discipline around them. 
Insight 2 is all about creativity and the way that this book leans into creativity. It's not necessarily like this book is only for creative people. It doesn't mean that at all. Basically, it means that you have to use your creativity with your mindset to get ahead. Basically, like creativity is involved in problem solving frequently and you have to question everything and you have to be really resourceful. So the insights that I've listed down for you guys is like really about not being content with one single solution. Challenge everything. Challenge yourself to think of others and like, and then think again and then think of another solution and then another solution. Like the best solutions are not always the most obvious. So flexing your creative brain and learning from others and kind of acknowledging that your creativity comes into play here when it comes to problem solving and mindset shifts and working like that. Like it's really, you have to kind of be prepared to be flexible in your thinking and not be rigid. It's like a mindset thing on flexibility, I guess. You also have to break your habits. It's hard to think of about doing that. I think we are all creatures of comfort and it's safe to, I guess, be who you are. And leveling up and breaking out of who you are is so scary because it's the unknown. I like to think of myself five years ago running my business and myself now and how I couldn't really comprehend what I do now and how comfortable and confident I am in my job now And when I think of, oh, okay, I've got to change again, I've got to level up and I want to be this person and I've got goals and I want to, I want to be another version of myself, a better or a more advanced or optimized version of myself. I remind myself that I've done it before. And I think of the stark contrast of me five years ago with a little dream of being a director versus how in demand I am now. I'm really, really proud of myself firstly, but also I can absolutely do it again. I can, it's going to take a lot of work and habits are, as we know, the key to, it's what we do every day that makes us who we are. They are the key to our success and our outputs and our outcomes. But change is not scary. It's just consistent. It's taking one thing and doing it over and over and over again until you are unrecognizable and your old self is in the rearview mirror. So your habits are pretty important there. Another thing that I absolutely adored from this book, and I've made a little reel about it over on the Process the Podcast Instagram, I read that whenever you're in doubt or whenever you are unhappy with, in my case, I was a little bit like lethargic and I wasn't that stoked on how much I was leaning into business, how much I was working on my outcomes, and I wished I had a certain mentor. This was in 2018. The key thing that I really took from this book and literally did it, like I literally did it instantly after I read it, was that I think one of the chapters essentially is about developing a board of directors for your life. Now, you know, think of like huge companies like Swiss or West Farmers or whatever. They would all have a board of directors and they would be assembled as a board of directors that people look up to. I have several people in my life that I look up to, but I can't access them all the time, like mentors and stuff like that. Shanna Bessem, who was number three on this podcast, he was my third guest, actually my fourth, sorry, he was my fourth guest. He is in my Invisible Life board of directors. And I'll take you back to the beginning. Essentially, the book states that think of people in your life that you really look up to and that you wish would lead you or you want to follow in their footsteps, that kind of thing. 
and literally surround yourself with images of them or portraits of them or their names somewhere. And every time you face a problem, ask them what they would do. And chances are our intuition will tell us exactly what the right answer is. So I mentally did this exercise and then I literally did it. I mentally did it with Shanna, my grandfather, who passed away in 2010. He was incredibly successful and just a great guy. He raised my mom. I miss him. I wish I could ask him so many questions today. But when I'm letting myself down or when I sort of am a bit lethargic or I'm being a bit lazy or whatever, I've put people that I won't drop the slack in front of more front of mind and I won't drop it. I had a picture of my grandfather like in my office for a little bit, like just tacked up and I would never let that man down. If he saw me working today, I think he would be really, really proud of me and that's why I'm in the office at now 8.21 p.m. on a Saturday night. I'm working so hard for my future and it's him that is leading me. It's Shanna and the hard work that he instilled in me when I was 15 when I started at Scanlon Theodore. And it can even be people that you've never met. So long story short, there's a guy called Bernard Levy and he is a an activist and he was a politician but essentially he's a really public figure in France. They call him, I think it's BHL, Bernard Henry Levy or, yeah, Bernard Henry Levy or BLH. I can't remember which which way around it is. Bernard, I've just always called him Bernard Levy. He he wrote a piece about how men should treat women uh, in Vanity Fair and along with like where the world's going and all that. And he's an author and he has all these things. But he also wrote a piece on how people should treat people. And it stuck with me so much And it was at a time that I really needed to understand a little bit more about the human race and what I personally would put up with. It didn't come from a point of I needed to know how to treat people. It came from I was being treated really poorly and I was kind of just copping it on the chin and like my values and stuff were being compromised. So this article stayed with me and then I looked more into Bernard Levy and it turns out I'm named after a French singer called Arielle Dombazel and that is Bernard Levy's wife. And I didn't know it at the time, but then as soon as I I like figured that out and it clicked on Wikipedia, I was like, oh my God, this is okay, interesting. But it resonated so heavily with me. And I had a girlfriend who was an oil painter. Her name's Harriet. She's amazing. She, I asked her, I basically commissioned her to do a portrait, an oil painting of Bernard Levy. And it's in my living room. And I operate so heavily on this kind of wave of thinking of my board of directors constantly around me that I don't feel alone in business. I feel guided pretty much at all times. And I feel like although these people, it's funny, they're men, don't have my back literally because they don't know they're my board of directors. One of them is dead, my grandpa. <laughs> like They don't know. Shanna doesn't know. Bernard definitely doesn't know. I've never met him. You don't need to have met your mentors. Sometimes you can just mentally position them as your mentor and follow suit. Do what you think that they would have you do or take advice from their actions, not their direct words to you, but do your research and basically work that into your mindset. And 
I cannot explain to you how much my life has changed since having a uh, an oil painting of Bernard in my living room. It sounds really weird, but I got it done in a way that it's kind of like artistic, a little bit like Rembrandt. Like it's quite, it looks like some weird painting that I got at a flea market. Like it's so good. Harriet absolutely killed it. And it kind of looks like cool contemporary art of like a dude in my, is just a guy that I picked up this painting. But it has so much meaning behind it. And of course, the name connection sort of makes me feel a bit warm and fuzzy too, because I didn't know that before this article smacked me across the face. But yeah, you don't need to know your mentors and you can craft a mindset and keep yourself very directional towards that mindset. However you want, you don't need to have those people around you. And that's what I took from that the most, I think. Also to take your time and don't rush. That is important I think in mindset and problem solving and questioning things I heard recently it was just one of those classic old like Instagram or TikTok accounts that's like what do billionaires do 10 things that billionaires do every day like whatever it was like most people that got interviewed at high net wealth they have allocated time every day to think they're not wall-to-wall meetings they're actually thinking a lot and I think that we imagine this really busy life of all these things and it's amazing la 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 we forget how important thought is and processing information emotional intellectual work-wise personal life-wise literally everything I think you need to give yourself time to think then it comes to insight three which I think was wishy-washy a little bit for me to explain it to you but it really goes into how you never know what somebody else is going through and it's about how you treat people and yeah essentially it's like Everyone has had hardships. Don't compare yourself to people and that kind of thing. I think everybody knows that stuff and I don't think that that information is new. If you guys want me to do it, please DM me and I'll flesh out the book more. But that's what the third kind of big piece of this is and it's all about seeing the best in people, giving people the benefit of the doubt, innocent until proven guilty kind of thing and that people are a great resource and putting the right people around you, having the right people around you, You never know where people have come from. Don't compare yourself to others, that kind of thing. It's all in that wheelhouse. So overall, the book essentially is about defining your own reality and determining what you are able to achieve. It's positive thinking exercises, it's daily rest, and it's priming your brain to achieve what you set out to achieve. And as I said before, to change your external circumstances, you have to change your internal thinking and I'm really proud that I've had some bloody great guests on this podcast like Chelsea came on she was my first petite episode ever and she mentioned to us like another level another devil like this is gonna be hard and it's gonna be really scary but I think as a kind of mid-year July like early August thing we've gotten over that slump everybody's back from Europe whatever you're capable of a lot of stuff. I'm not going to say you're capable to anything you put your mind to, like la la la. You're capable to what you can train your mind to achieve. It's literally all about our minds. And that's why like I don't drink that much anymore. I certainly don't push my own limits. I rest a lot. I've even started like socially now. I would I try purposely to organize walks with my girlfriends instead of drinks with my girlfriends because I know that Firstly, moving the body is fantastic. And secondly, like I don't want to be in a position where I have to pay for a wine that I don't really want to drink. And yes, of course, I could go out and and have and just have water or whatever, but 
I'm protecting my peace at night a lot at the moment and my sleep and all these things are really important to me. I've defined what's important to me and I'm chasing them like you have never seen somebody run down for their dreams before. I am going so hard. So I just would love anyone else that this resonated with, please DM me because I really am challenging myself as well as everything else I'm doing to kind of cultivate a community for process and I haven't quite worked out how to do that. I've asked people as guests and stuff as well. I think it's easier when you're in like finance, for example, like Victoria Divine to do a process the podcast like budget, <laughs> but that's not what this is about. This is about creativity and how we make a dollar as creatives with our imaginations and mindset and mind power, if you will, is all about that because imagination comes from the mind. It also comes from processing emotions and and what we feed ourselves every day in terms of information and stimulus. And I'm challenging myself to work on how to build a community based on those pieces and how to give you guys more. So if you have any thoughts, please let me know. I'm really excited about process. I've just brought on Cass from Good Chat Media. She's now helping me edit so that I've got more time to research, write my own scripts, just be creative and meeting guests and hustling and organizing sponsorship because eventually, as you guys know, I do want to monetize this and I'm working still on having a presence somehow. I don't think it's going to be at Southwest. I know that some of you guys listened to my episode when I brought this podcast back and I said that I wanted that. I think I was ill-informed and uneducated on just what that takes. Um, so I'm going to work shop that and have just a different approach to how I can exist and network in South by. But community is massive for me and I'd love to work with you guys to establish one. So if you have any thoughts, if anything that I've said as well like resonates, if you want to DM me, talk about this stuff, please do. I love it. And that's what I'm up to. I'm really excited for the future and I can't wait to do more for you guys. I hope you've loved the guests and I hope that you loved this episode and maybe you go and order the book. Let me know if you do. I would love it if you did. It's so good and it's so retro. It's like the weirdest, randomest, like lamest cover. Actually, I feel bad saying that. Sorry, John Keogh. It's not that lame. It's just like not something that you would pick up. You'd think it's like a weird astrology book, but it's brilliant, honestly brilliant. And I love it and I tell everybody about it. So that's all from me. Have a fantastic week, guys, and I will see you next Sunday.